apparently not only is Dave Filoni mimicking Gandalf's journey, but also the journey of Narnia? Question mark? Yeah. And... The Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord? I almost said wardrobe. (laughs) And, and, And... No offense... Maybe I'm gonna let my my show my hand a little bit here a little early. Apparently, Dave Filoni still doesn't really know how to direct live action. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it uh, it feels like there's something either either he's not sure at, about how to do live action, or he's he's treating it like. Uh, a longer series than it is <laughs> which apparently there are rumors that there's a season two now and this wasn't a one one season pony god i hope not <laughs> it's i flip-flopped so so much for me right like when this series started i was like all it started over very it. strong i was so excited it's the disney plus curse how many times have i said it they start yeah. off strong they build this false sense of hope in you and then and then you're left with nothing at the end and then you're like oh 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 god no oh oh yeah oh no yeah so like this season because there's a few places that i've heard that they've like changed from calling it a series to a season one and the and rumors that there's a season two happening and the ending of this episode really makes it feel like there's a season two coming like like a, a movie's not going to answer all the questions why um, you mean based because of the fact that it turns out that ahsoka season one is actually a show about uh 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 oh yeah nothing <laughs> well that's what i was gonna say like it's a show the about big, nothing the big threat posed was thrawn's return yeah and yeah. they didn't I don't know if resolves the right. Yeah, they didn't resolve that because it didn't actually happened. <laughs> the, the whole they spend the and entire season like, setting up Balin and what's going yeah, on with Balin. Nothing just happened to do there. Nothing. With yeah, it. the only thing that got resolved was was Ahsoka's master issues, <laughs> the, the issues she had with her master and the decisions she made around him. Yeah. And, Hello and, and welcome to the Movie Man yeah. podcast. <laughs> we are the B team. My name's Brady. And my name is Carl. And I used to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a Star Wars fan. I'm just questioning Disney's why and everything they do. <laughs> You're just no longer sure why you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we are here. If you have not, not a already Disney guessed, Star Wars fan. <laughs> if you have not already guessed, we are here to uh, to finish our Ahsoka series that we've been doing. We're going to review season one, episode eight: The Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord. <laughs> so the Jedi, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's so stupid. At any moment, at any moment, Ahsoka's going to walk past a a, a mid mid century uh, North American lamppost and 
stumble out of a wardrobe yeah into the present day (laughs) why didn't why didn't santa show up to give them their lightsabers back like what (laughs) what a weird name so it's so stupid it's such a stupid name like it doesn't really even it doesn't even really connect with like if you were to do something like this usually your story might follow similar a similar kind of arc Yep. To to whatever you're you're referencing. So yep. like Ahsoka's arc is was or, and is in this show very similar to kind of Gandalf's arc. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, if I don't think any of the shows were kind of named after a Lord of the Rings reference. I'm I, I'd have to go back and double check. But I don't think they were. But like this one so. is very obviously a Narnia reference. But yep. I don't, I don't see any Narnia references in the show itself. Did you? I mean, no. <laughs> I don't. No, it was just anyway. someone being cute. It was just yeah. someone being cute with the title. Yeah, See, it is literally. Yeah, literally all it was, and and uh, it's it's someone being cute with the title, and it's this continued thing that we have seen multiple times now. <sighs> Where Disney likes to self, like the Chronicles of Narnia films were made by Disney. Yeah. And so you probably couldn't legally reference Lord of the Rings titles, um, but they could reference this. And we see this all the time. We see all the time Disney referencing other Disney (laughs) things on Disney+. Plus. Right? Yeah. It's just this ongoing. It's just this Trying ongoing. Trying to get you thing. to watch. So, all right. Narnia. The episode kicks. The I don't, episode just, kicks off. We have yeah. Grant. What? I was just going to say, I don't like. We're har- harping on the name of the episode. I don't think it's a big deal, but it's, it's still weird. <laughs> if it was a like, shit name to a great episode, then I wouldn't care. Yeah. But it's a shit name to a shit episode. Even if it was a so, great name to a shit episode, it still doesn't change the episode. No. Like, it doesn't affect uh, the episode. So we I'm kick saying. things off, and Grand Admiral Thrawn is talking to Morgan Elsbeth, and Enoch shows... Enoch? Is it Enoch? Yeah. Enoch shows up, and yeah. he's like, the cargo transport is complete. I don't know. He sounds like the emperor now. And you don't Thrawn get says, any... Sorry. I'm going to interject here. Yeah. This is another thing that kind of... There's no resolution to like Enoch is obviously very interesting and an interesting character by design, by its design and his samurai leader. But like we, we, we don't learn anything about him. No, no, we don't learn why he's the captain. We don't learn why he's got a different helmet. You know, like, no, who is he? What? Nothing. Yeah. No. Um, Thrawn says, good, very good indeed. Uh, and then uh, they're basically, there's a whole scene there where they're just preparing for their departure. That's this whole first scene. Yeah. Well, we do there. get, we do get, like, he does tell them, tell him to dispatch two TIE fighters to deal with the Jedi. And Morgan's yes. like, why? We're leaving. We already, like, what's the point? And he's just like. I I don't trust Jedi 
to be alive and not foil my plan. Like he's, he he right. mentions how a Jedi is the only person that's ever stopped him. That, that being Ezra dragging him to this godforsaken end of the but end of the galaxy, not galaxy, of this other universe. Um, in the first place, so like he's like, I'm gonna just make sure that they they never get here. But does he though? Because here's the thing, and this is this is stupid thing number one of this episode. Stupid thing number one. I have learned not to underestimate Jedi. Yeah. I have a hangar bay with eight Tie Fighters in. Send two. Just as send two. Right. I've learned not to underestimate Jedi. Send two Tie Fighters. I have a battalion of Tie Fighters. Yeah, send two. What? Yeah. But he's also got limited resources that he needs to drag with him back to the main galaxy, too. Like, he doesn't right. want to... But the assumption is if you send eight, six come back. If you send two, n- n- none come back, and maybe the job's not done. Yeah. R- right? Like, I don't know. That was That was... I don't know what that was. Anyways, the sisters show up. The mothers, the the den mothers, the great, the, whatever the great they are. mothers. The great mothers show up and they're like, "Sister, blah blah blah, you've done well." <laughs> and they are wanting to reward Morgan Elsbeth for her faithfulness, for the fact that she was in tune enough with the dark ways that she was able to hear their voices through the force, through the, through the galaxies, um, and complete the mission, right? Mm-hmm. To, to show up and save the day. And so they're like, we are going to bestow a gift upon you. And she's like, okay, yeah, the sick, sweet. shadows. And... Uh, and I don't know if she knows what she's signing up for when she just stands there or whatever, but she closed her eyes and one of the mothers kind of does some, some nasty violation things, pushes a little too hard in her eyes with her thumbs, and all of a sudden Morgan Elsbeth a burning has, flaming eye. Yeah, she's eyes. got the same <laughs> black eyes and face tattoos that the rest <laughs> of these miscreants have all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and I no pale skin, but maybe the pale that comes skin with is age, probably yet to come. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then they also summon what seems like maybe an important ritualistic weapon. It, it does have like, significance. Yeah. So yeah, ta- and then they they call it Talzin's sword. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Talzin is uh, Mother Talzin from right. the Clone Wars series. Right. And sh- uh, she's like the. She's like the head of the witches of Dathomir in the Clone Wars, and she actually uses this sword to fight Mace Windu in the, right. the Clone Wars series. But then they summon it and they give it to the girl who is two minutes into the first shift of her new job, um, which seems a little weird to me. Like, yeah, they're rewarding her and stuff, but I assume the whole shit they did with her eyes was probably reward enough. The fact that they're giving her now this incredibly important weapon to be her weapon is a little is a little weird but whatever yeah and so Uh, we see the two tie fighters take off it's a cool shot you see the two tie fighters some nice symmetry you see the two tie fighters take off in the background on either side of thrawn um yeah and it's it's a cool 
that's a cool shot. Title card. Yeah. Ahsoka. Just in case you forgot. <clears throat> the the sword's also like like it's got the green flame. It's, it's force imbued, which well well is kind of helps explain why it'll stand up to lightsabers and mm-hmm. Um so then after the title card we cut back to our heroes and the little turtle people are migrating. And aboard the ship, Hu Yang is standing around, kind of not being useful at all, watching Ezra craft himself a lightsaber. And not just any lightsaber, but probably the most ridiculous looking lightsaber I've ever seen in all of Star Wars. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why? It's got this big, ugly, stupid metallic, like it's just the flares on this thing are are ridiculous he's got a metal a metal um what's the the a metal guard guard? uh, cross guard it's not a cross guard but it's got a guard on it kind of yeah okay which will do what which does what now then it's just what uh, an emitter i think is what he called it yeah, but why have this big, stupid, ugly flare thing on it that presumably is just going to inhibit your ability to be able to twirl it and well, do all other kinds of cool stuff? Well, and it's not that big. It's no bigger than... It's pretty big. It's no bigger it's like than, size one, of a than what you would see on a katana, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, it's the exact same one as his masters, Kane and Jarrus. Which is stupid. This is stuff. Right. Right. So this, this is kind of... I think this is great because it kind of, and I think it's great for the main reason that kind of canonic canonically, but never really delved into masters or apprentices usually create, create their own lightsabers, but usually their lightsaber has some influences from their master's lightsaber. Right. Right. So kind of like it to show where you came from. When when Luke created his green lightsaber, it looked similar to Obi-Wan's last lightsaber. It had some similarities there. It also had some differences, but it had some similarities. Right. It also had some similarities to his first lightsaber that that was Anakin's. Um so this is like he's he's building this lightsaber, and this is his third lightsaber. So he knows what he's doing that he's built, um, and it's like he he's he's building it kind of in and kind of in a, in a memory of his master and Hu Yang. Like, there's a really in, like he's got no respect for Hu Yang here, right? Because he's never interacted with Hu Yang before, uh, and. He's like telling Hu Yang, like, get out of the way. I know what I'm doing. And Hu Yang's like, I've been doing this longer than you can know. I know what I'm mm-hmm. doing, and you're doing it wrong. And there's just like this bickering. And, and it's using not his until, supplies to boot. It's it's Hu Yang's workshop. Yeah. And it's not until Hu Yang brings out this emitter and says, I knew your master. I saved this. I was going to, there was only two emitters like this ever created. Your master's was one and I was saving this for him in case he needed it. It seems right that I give it to you. Yeah. And at they that like ripped point, off. 
at that point their relationship kind of flips and there's a respect for each other yeah right this scene just felt like a ripoff of harry potter to me did it yeah, because the whole like Harry's wand, With the, the, wand the thing. phoenix that gave the tail feather only gave yeah. one other, and that so was I would, Voldemort. Yeah, there's and, there's some similarities there, but Star Wars has been kind of delving into has been kind of long before Harry Potter was written. The there was there was like. Let which is now legends, but there was canon that's that talked. No, about, I know, but I so. just mean the whole there's only one other, <laughs> like it was just like, yeah. really, really, in all the galaxy, the only two just like this, okay, yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> and Hu Yang, and yeah, so they they have a little bit of a discussion there. Yeah. Um, there's also we some. Stuff with Sabine in there too, which was kind of yeah. So yeah, Sabine's kind of standing there watching this whole thing um, and smirking. I think she's getting a kick out of the contention between Ezra and Hu Yang, um, and part of that is probably contention, and part of it is also just enjoying watch. Like she's just she's just enamored with Ezra. She's just yeah. excited well, to see Ezra back and listen to him talk and. And and the it's conversation they're having Ezra's is about back. the conversation they're having is uh, Ezra kind of talking about how he respects his master. He's building this lightsaber that's similar to his master's. There's uh, Hu Yang is talking about how his thoughts on his but and uh, and that right now there's still a bit of tension between Ahsoka and Sabine. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, which is a master apprentice relationship, right? So, which is why she kind of leaves without saying goodbye <laughs> or, or see you guys later. Yeah. Um. So then we cut to the outside of the ship, where Sabine walks out and hiding up in the apple tree so that Sabine doesn't know she's there is Ahsoka, just kind of meditating on top of the ship as. Ahsoka seems to Ahsoka seems to like to spend more time on the outside of a ship <laughs> than yeah. actually in it. Jumping out of them, standing on them. <laughs> yeah. Um and Sabine's just going out to catch some fresh air, right? Maybe have a smoke. And Ahsoka's like, so you must be feeling pleased with yourself. And and Sabine's like, wow, I, like mostly just like relieved. And Ahsoka's like, well, yeah, your gamble paid off. <laughs> and Sabine's like, oh, you know about that, huh? <laughs> like, you know, you're aware of what I did. And Ahsoka's like, well, yes. And Sabine, I think, is probably expecting a little bit of a reprimanding here. Is expecting a bit of a tongue lashing <laughs> to get in some trouble. A little bit of a, she's going to get the strap. And mm-hmm. Ahsoka has a surprisingly different attitude towards this. Ahsoka basically says, you know, had you chose differently, we may not be where we are right now. We may not have rescued Ezra had you not done what you did. Not in a, it was the right choice, but more just so presenting the facts so that Sabine can draw her own conclusions, right? This kind of 
yeah, it doesn't say, no, it's good that you did what you did, or I'm glad you did what you did. Just, you know, we have Ezra back. And had events unfolded differently, that may not be true. Yeah. This also, yeah, calls back to Ahsoka's journey that she's taken. Because she talks about how, in, in this conversation, she says, you know, yeah. like, I've made a lot of choices and nobody stuck by, stuck by me. Except, except my Except for my master. And I'm going to do the same for you. You've made choices yeah. and I'm going to stick by you despite the consequences of them. Yeah. So then they start talking a little bit about Sabine's progress in her training. And Sabine talks about how, uh, you know, my lightsaber skills are improving greatly. And Ahsoka informs her that there's a lot more to being a Jedi than simply wielding a lightsaber. And Sabine says, well, yeah, but it doesn't hurt. (laughs) Like, it doesn't hurt to, you know, be good with a lightsaber. And Ahsoka says, you need to train your mind. Train your body and your mind. You need to trust in the force. Um, they share a nice moment here. Yeah, it's just like a, a a real, like Ahsoka takes on the role of master there for a minute. And, and yeah. it kind of feels almost Qui-Gon-y to me. Yeah. Right? Just this, like, finding those small teachable moments as, like, Qui- Obi-Wan did it too, but, but Qui-Gon would often just, like, in the heat of battle, stop everything and to meditate. impart some wisdom. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and to impart some wisdom, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's also a fun little nod to kind of the way Yoda taught students, right? Like, because Sabine's answer is, I've been trying. I do. <laughs> right? Like, don't try. Yeah. Do. Do. <laughs> yeah. So then Ezra comes running out of the ship like a college frat boy to let them know that his lightsaber's finished, completely disrupting this beautiful moment. And just as that happens, they notice that two fairly manageable TIE fighters, good thing there's not four or something, <laughs> yeah. Our incoming. Whole squadron. Uh, Sabine, this is a cool moment because Sabine, I don't know why this stood out to me, but Ezra and Ahsoka jump down to, because the ship gets hit. And yeah, clearly now the ship is, it's lost its stabilizers and it's going to go down and crush the little turtle people who are apparently incapable of just moving out of the way. And so they go down to simultaneously use the force as a team, two Jedis using the force to hold up the ship. Stop the little people from getting crushed. And what I thought was cool about this is that there's no, like Sabine in this moment knows her, understands her strengths, understands the strengths of the team. And instead of getting a blaster out or her lightsaber out or whatever to try to recklessly fight, she heads into the cockpit to help maneuver the ship. Right. Yeah. And I thought that for some reason that stood out to me as just this actually cool moment. I don't know that it's meant to be, but... For me, it was like, oh, that's a nice dynamic. And so Ahsoka and Ezra are holding the ship up. The TIE fighters are coming in. And Ezra, or uh, Sabine, 
again, in a little bit of like a yes, it was a yes, what you did worked, but also you're kind of a little bit reckless. You're still Sabine. <laughs> is able to fly, get one last little burst out of the ship, fly it forward, destroying both TIE fighters. That seemed like a bit of a gamble. Um, and, and, the, the, and the ship. <laughs> and flies over, the, flies over a hill and crashes into the ground. Yeah. And both Ahsoka and Ezra go running. As they catch up to Sabine, who's now exited the wreck, she walks towards them and without saying sorry, without saying oops, without saying now what, looks at them, says, got him, and keeps <laughs> walking past them. And I thought that was a good moment. That that I, was like, yeah, this is the uh, first time Sabine has felt like Sabine since episode two. It, what's really, I, I thought was really fun about this was um, <laughs> that I like... They they come over the hill and they see the crash ship and they see um, the uh, she's walking away and Hu Yang is kind of standing there like my ship <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. like surveying the damage like I gotta fix this now <laughs> that would have been good um we cut back to Thrawn briefly who's been informed that a successful strike was made on the ship. Um, they're aware of the fact that this doesn't mean they're dead, but Thrawn seems to consider this a victory still because it means that the Jedi's options are extremely limited. Um, and the threat mitigation right. is essentially the game here at this point. Yeah. So here's a small gripe I have at this point. Before the TIE fighters attack the ship, before they attack them, right? Like, sorry, the end of the last scene, uh, there's a quick conversation where they're like, well, I guess we're not going to be able to get there in time now. And Ahsoka's like, only if we see it that way. And we find out they get some of those howler dog things and they ride them back. But from who knows where, but well, whatever. Well, they, they have them, right? Because Ahsoka rode one in to save the day a few episodes back and Sabine was gifted one from Thrawn, which they've right. Yeah. But anyway, why, why were they just hovering above this group? Like, why not just like, let's go fly off and do what you need to do. Yeah. Like maybe it's because they were waiting for Ezra to make a lightsaber. So he had something to fight with, but like, I get, uh, yeah, I guess, but it's like what beholdens do they have to these little turtle people like they're not bringing them all with them so at some point they need to if if anything sticking around with them is you're 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 creating a threat for them like you are bringing the danger to them if you leave them they are care about them yeah, yeah Thrawn exactly. doesn't give two shits about them. Like, He's not going to send go, off a battalion. Go, go into attack low them. orbit somewhere, or go find a, a cliff overhang to to rest your ship. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. So we cut back to Morgan Elsbeth, who now has a battalion of stormtroopers in front of her, and she is is basically recruiting a suicide mission. Yeah. Right? They are looking for a bunch of stormtroopers who are willing to go and prevent 
the Jedi from being able to enter the temple. But ultimately, that means that they're not getting on the ship. Yeah. They're not coming with us. We need people to stay here and secure (laughs) our, our departure. We cut back to Hu Yang, who is trying to fix the ship. This also seemed a little bullshit to me with the amount of damage that was done and the circumstances. I don't know how in the next 45 minutes by pressing some buttons and doing a little bit of soldering within the cockpit, this thing is getting up and flying. It took a massive blaster hit to the outside, and that's what has thrown off the stabilizers. Like It seems to me like we need parts and we need welding, and we need a repair bay, and we need... So, whatever. Yeah. Just lazy writing. Um, yeah. The end of the scene is kind of cool. We see the the ring, the inter- the, the light, light uh, year travel, uh, what do you yeah. call it? The, the ring attached... The hyper com- hyperspace yeah, wheel. Yeah, it's coming to dock with the ship. Yes. Which, and that looks cool. Yeah. Again, this is another thing, little nit, little nitpicky thing. Why didn't they do this earlier? Why did this need to wait until the ship was full of the cargo? I, because because writing, Cause poor writing. <laughs> like it just yeah, it be, because writing is, is, is like exactly the the thing. <laughs> like it would have made it would have made more sense for the ring to have docked immediately and the thing that that it that Thrawn is waiting for is the last coffin to be loaded up. Yeah. Right like No, I agree. As as they're rushing there, they're like, "Oh, we've got a few more coffins to load up here." And even more sense to be like, "All right, Thrawn Thrawn the calculating guy is is like Okay, we can't take them all. <laughs> yeah. We're at 95%. That's good enough. Let's go. So then we cut back to Ezra and Ahsoka, who are, uh, and Sabine, who have ridden their creatures. We did a little bit of a time jump or something, or maybe they were actually super close. I don't know. Um, but all of a sudden, they're approaching the temple. Thrawn is aware that they're approaching. Yeah. And says, rain hellfire on them. And the Star Destroyer starts shooting its belly cannons uh, down. And basically, it's just like a minefield. It becomes this big mortar blast yeah. um, all around them. And it looks cool. It's a cool shot. And as they're yeah. running towards... And then it gets dumb again. Then it gets dumb. Because then they're riding hastily towards the temple door. Because that's where they'll be not safe, but at least safe from the Star Destroyer blasts. And... Ahsoka and Ezra are using the force to try to open the door as they approach. And apparently it's just not quite enough. And therefore they also need the force abilities of the Jedi who we have firmly established is probably the least force sensitive or force adept Jedi who's ever lived. And so I guess... It was a 0.00001% that Ezra and Ahsoka were just not quite strong enough. So Sabine had to jump in there as well in order to make it work. 
like what's going on here? Is yeah. is Ahsoka holding? Is Ahsoka holding back to try to create a, a confidence boosting moment for for Sabine, and then Sabine tries, and what Sabine's doing is actually not really doing anything. But then Ahsoka actually tries. No, because that wouldn't be a good lesson. It's an incredibly inappropriate right. moment. Like, so my read on this was that that Sabine, Sabine, she Sabine says she has been practicing uh, before they left for this galaxy. Sabine successfully for uh, I won't call it a push, but but fo- force poked uh, an opponent. <laughs> so like she's she's unlocking that innate that ability to use the force. Um, I, I took it more at not, not that like her 0.1% or, or even just 1% uh, was needed to get the door open, but it was more like the mass, the mat, her master believes in her, that her in her and that even if it's a little bit, she needs to, to do it. She needs to try. She needs to put her foot forward as well. And, in to to grow in the force yeah but that's the way weird, i read it weird moment like it, I, I took it more as like yeah okay um ezra do your thing i'm doing my thing sabine you're not going to do anything but you need to try as well you need to do not don't try you need to do it as well right because if you don't do it you won't learn that's that's the way i, I kind of took it i guess um we get inside and as we get inside, Thrawn says, dispatch the night troopers. Ooh. This is just some fancier looking stormtroopers come in and meet them at the front door. And they have a little bit of a fun little slaughter fest here. Yeah. Right? Ezra and Ahsoka with their lightsabers, Sabine's rocking the blasters, uh, and they just kick all kinds of ass and fairly easily defeat all of the stormtroopers. Yeah. At this, which point? The, the uh, Hang on. Okay. So this was a cool scene, but it also felt but. slow. <laughs> like this, when the three of them standing together, it felt like, like kind of, it didn't feel like it was fast enough. It felt a little, it didn't, it felt staged. You know what I mean? Like it didn't feel like a natural thing. It looked cool. And mm-hmm. one of the breakdown videos pointed out something really cool that like kind of watching it back now as we break it down kind of adds, I think it does add a lot to the to scene kind of going, Oh yeah, that that's neat. It kind of, when there are three of them are, they get the wide shot of the three of them blocking blaster fire. You've got in the middle, the master Jedi and she's like easily twirling and doing fancy crap and blocking everything. And then to her left, you've got Ezra, the Jedi Knight easily black blocking blaster bolts, but not doing anything more than necessary. Like he's not twirling his blade. He's just like batting them away as they come, uh, minimal movements to save, so he doesn't screw up. 
But then on the left, you've got Sabine. And Sabine's blocking a couple. You know, she's starting to harness the force. But then every once in a while, one slips through and hits her Beskar armor. She's like, ah, shoot. <laughs> ah, shoot. <laughs> right? Because she hasn't yeah. had the, tr- the same training. She's like the uh, the apprentice or the youngling or whatever you want to label her as here. So, And at that point, like... Um, uh, once they kind of fall back and draw them out enough, Ahsoka tells her, okay, put your lightsaber away. You're better with the guns. Pull out your blasters. <laughs> we yeah, we and, need you to be helpful here. <laughs> and didn't it seem weird that like, I it just kind of felt like the Beskar armor was not doing as much as it normally does? Like why was like, I don't know. She was, she seemed to be wincing a lot in pain well, having the, just taken the Beskar armor hits. The Beskar armor still doesn't absorb, it absorbs the damage. It doesn't absorb the impact. The impact. Right. Yeah. So she like, okay. her, her, it hits her shoulder and her shoulder flies back because of the impact. It happens in Mandalorian too, right? When, when the Mando gets hit by blaster bolts, he kind of, his body jerks in the direction from wherever he was hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I, it was a cool scene. It felt a little off learning, kind of realizing that, oh, this is kind of a cool showing the, the levels of the, the and abilities of Jedi. Kind of cool. But yeah. Anyway, moving on. The night sister, those, the, the night mothers, the, the witches. Yeah. So they do a little chant. They cast a spell. I don't know why. I thought the spell sounded lame. Like it just, this wasn't as big of a dark, crazy, channeling, deep, dark magic moment as I guess what it felt like it should. Like it was just kind of, it was just a little lackluster. I don't know. I feel like there should have been more like green mist or green fire surrounding yeah. them or something. Yeah. Like, the, you, you get a bit of green showing in the eyes as they rise, but. Yeah. Like yeah. it just wasn't, there wasn't as much there as it felt like there should have been. But the results of this scenario or this situation is that all of the stormtroopers that had just been cut down come back to life no there's zombie or, troopers <laughs> yeah there are zombie troopers well okay so uh, this and uh, what is this show rated do we know what is this show rated I don't, uh, I don't know it um, is uh tv 14 okay so that's that's probably why but <laughs> like why not just cut off all their heads <laughs> right and if if cutting off their heads don't work Cut off all their legs. They can't. They can't catch up to you if you cut off all their legs. You've, you know, <laughs> it, or just their you, arms. You've got, they you've, can't you've, do anything. You've got lightsabers. <laughs> lightsabers yeah. cut through stormtrooper armor like butter. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know, and it looks kind of rinky dink to me, and I don't know. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. Does didn't really give the sense of terror that it probably should have. No, it was just kind of just just kind of whatever. Like I I I I don't know. I was like in a moment that could be cool. 
I think I, I just ultimately didn't buy it. And also, I think as, as a result of not buying it, I felt like zombie, zombie stormtroopers have no place in my Star Wars. Like, I don't know. It just ended up, ended up lame to me. Uh, yeah, ended up uh, like it didn't fit. I didn't have a problem buying it because zombie stormtroopers have been a thing in Star Wars for a long time. Like there are legends stories of zombie torn, not not zombies because of night sister magic, but like because of uh, create uh, some kind of virus, right? There's legend stories of and books of that. Um, but the, in canon, this is legit. Like in the, oh, yeah, which is fine. In the in the Clone Wars, we see it in the Clone Wars. We see it in the the Fallen Order video game. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the essentially, all the and all the people you fight on Dathomir in the Fallen Order video game are are zombies. zombies. So, yeah, it, I don't have a problem believing it or suspending disbelief. It just felt like it should have been felt it didn't feel as supernatural as it should have spooky as it should have yeah uh so then they all kind of look at each other and they're like whoa they finally cut a door cut the door lock and lock the door yeah (laughs) and they turn around and they're like uh zombies and so then they start cutting through the zombies um but this time it's a little more difficult and they're getting backed up this sort of spirally staircase thing um, which reminded me very much of a playable area, I think, in Assassin's Creed Unity. I don't know why, like one <laughs> cathedral or something. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, and so they, the only really cool moment here, like they're able to mostly sort of get away from them temporarily. The cool moment is that Ezra ends up in a little bit of a headlock and Sabine saves him. And she saves him using her lightsaber. And then they get through this door to the other side. And they close the door. And they have just enough time to have a little bit of brief dialogue where Ahsoka says, like, oh, Sabine, Sabine's been training. She's been practicing. And Sabine looks at Ezra and says, yeah, what's your excuse? <laughs> and he says, I've missed you. <laughs> like, as a, you know, it's a fun yeah. moment. Um and so we cut back to seeing the ship is now, or the Star Destroyer is now still in the process of docking with the space ring. Yeah. Final preparations um, are, have been made, are being yep. made. Yep, and Morgan Elspeth informs Grand Admiral Thrawn that we are almost ready to depart. And Just a little more time. <laughs> Thrawn's becoming a little concerned. He says the Jedi are progressing swiftly, and at this rate, they may like we might not get out of here before they reach us. Yeah. They may be able to get on the ship. He's, he's um, not going to underestimate them. He <laughs> no. doesn't want to. And so he tells Morgan Elspeth that a little bit more time is required, and which I don't, it, I, which I, I don't understand. He's like. They're they're catching up to us. They're gonna get on the ship. Let's let's delay departure. When and this whole time he doesn't even care about killing them. The whole time it's been about 
as long as we get out of here and they don't get out of here with us, then we're in the clear. Yeah. So I don't understand at all why he's delaying this, but whatever. And Morgan Elizabeth says, okay, it's like whatever, but she even pauses like, okay, this guy's an idiot. Um, and they do their whole little for the empire. And well, Morgan Elizabeth realizes. I just, I just realized another nitpick. And okay. It's, it's the same nitpick as before. Like, why didn't they just dock this thing sooner? Why didn't they dock this thing in space? <laughs> right? Why are they doing like, this on the surface? As, as soon as as soon as they realized, oh hey, we just downed their ship. Let's uh let's get we, everything's here. on board. Let's let's go let's go to suborbit. Let's like we can still be let's let's go a thousand feet above the ground where they can't get to us and do this thing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and so essentially what Thrawn is communicating here with Morgan Elizabeth is that Morgan Elizabeth needs to sacrifice herself, that she's not coming on this trip. Yeah. She needs to, she's the one that needs to stall. She's the only one that can. She needs to stall. And so she, she heads off to go do that. And we come back to our heroes who are, continuing to run through the, this hallway, closing doors behind them because they've realized that the doors are not going to hold these stormtroopers and that... Um, that they're smart enough yeah. to, to use breaching charges. <laughs> yes, probably only because they're zombies. I don't know. I, I don't know. And so then they reach the room that has Morgan Elsbeth in it. And Morgan Elsbeth takes out her magical sword so that she can fight people who have lightsabers. And at this moment, I like, I don't know. It, to me, it, just too many people have lightsabers here. Like, I guess they're all Jedi, kind of, sort of. But like, I don't know. I think I mostly just hate the combination of lightsaber and Mandalorian armor. I don't think it looks cool. I think it's just like, I don't know. It feels like an ep episode of Oprah back in the day. And you get a lightsaber. And you get a lightsaber. And you get a lightsaber. Like, uh, I, I don't know. So, for m when I s kind of... The later half, not not quite at this point, but just a little bit later, I started kind of thinking about um, Sabine bec becoming a Jedi, and m my thoughts went to, "Ooh, Sabine could be the next Mandalorian, M Mandalore." Uh, right. Uh -huh. So the the original Mandalore was. Uh, a Jedi, right? He created the dark saber. He united the Mandalorian clans. He was named Mandalore. And then from that point on, whoever had the dark saber could rule Mandalore. Yada, yada, yada. Then, and as far as we know in Canon, no other Mandalorian has become a Jedi except for now. Right. right? So we've had, the Mandalorian series has kind of built to a spot where it's about 
the unific the the Mandalorian tribes are being unified and they've reclaimed their homeworld. And right now, um, oh, what's her name? I can't remember at this point in time. But what's her name? Bo-Katan? Is Bo-Katan, thank you. Yes. Bo-Katan is kind of, kind of the appointed ruler. People have chosen to follow her even though the Darksaber's gone. Sabine, in, in the Rebels show, was claimed, had claimed the Darksaber. She gave it to Bo-Katan, and then we learned in both both in Mandalorian in the Mandalore show that because of that, uh, people distrust her because she didn't earn it, right? And then Mandalore got destroyed, and people blame her and don't want to follow her, and yada 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 yada. Anyway, <clears throat> Sabine, it like it really feels like. There's a, a potential that Sabine could become Mandalore. Like if they're gonna kind of push the storyline for Mandalorians in the future, that Sabine's kind of got a spot there to potentially rule Mandalore. Anyway, I think that's really. I thought that was kind of a potentially interesting storyline. I like it better than Bo-Katan ruling because she's had her shot. She screwed it up. Sabine's kind of not not a child anymore. Like when she gave Bo-Katan the, the lightsaber, she was a, a young, very young adult, right? So now she's older. She's and in the future she'll be even kind of trained by a Jedi. She's got some wisdom and even more skills. And like nobody's going to be able to touch her combat wise. I don't. Know. I think it's a really cool idea. I think. I think. I think that's where that Mandalorian's as a people story should go, whether it's on screen or somewhere else. I'm just done with the Mandalorian thing. I'm not, you you can, Ugh. you can hate on it all you want. I think I love, I like the Mandalorians before Disney took over that. I think actually, I think I like the Mandalorians more prior to Disney's takeover. The, the, the Mandalorian culture was much more interesting prior to, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to see where it goes and how, what Disney does with it, even All though right. I don't have a lot of trust in them. <laughs> All right. So, so in a very, like, calling back to The Phantom Menace, where Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon says to the other Naboo, we'll handle this, in reference to Darth Maul. Ahsoka tells Sabine and Ezra, go on, I'll handle this. I can handle this. Yeah, I didn't catch that reference. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. And so they leave, and Ahsoka and... that There's that reference, but then there's also a callback here to Hu Yang telling Sabine and Ahsoka to stick together. And Ahsoka's like, no, we stick together. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Who, uh, uh, not Hu Yang, Uh, Morgan Elizabeth and Ahsoka start dueling. This was a cool fight. It was a cool I like, fight. I like I, this I, fight. It was better than the last time they fought where Morgan had the staff. Yes. Um, and Sabine and Ezra run off and start getting their asses handed to them by some stormtroopers. 
like really getting their asses handed to them. It's not good. Yeah. They're, but they're it, dark night troopers <laughs> or something. But the but, scene all kind of culminates with um, Sabine being sans lightsaber pushed up against a wall, kind of in a chokehold, and using the force to retrieve her lightsaber and kill the stormtrooper in front of her. Mm-hmm. It was cool. I guess it was very predictable. It's very predictable that that was what, you know, the second you see the lightsaber on the ground and she's there and you're like, okay, you got a, you got a Luke, Luke in the Wampa cave, this thing. Yeah. Uh, we, we get a good look at the, what's under the helmet here too. Like, yep. these are, vi- these are, these are very dead stormtroopers. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. They've, <laughs> they've been they've dead for a while. Dead. Deteriorated considerably. Um, and Ahsoka is in a little bit of trouble. She's fighting Morgan, but then also a bunch of stormtroopers show up, and so she's kind of getting pushed back, and this is a little bit of trouble. And the ship is taking off. The Star Destroyer is taking off, and Ahsoka, or Sabine and Ezra are, are standing there looking at the ship departing. And we get our Lord of the Rings reference. Just throw me. <laughs> yeah. I can't make the jump. You're going to toss me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't tell the elf. Um, and and so, yeah, that's what happens is Ezra goes and jumps and Sabine pushes him. Push. Yeah. And I'm and like, good on Ezra to trust her because I'm not sure I would have. <laughs> There's a lot riding on the person who isn't very good with the force, right? Yeah. Um, and so, <coughs> excuse me, still still have the, I don't have COVID, but it's like crap in my system. Um, and so he pushes her, and then it's Sabine's turn. But Sabine turns around and sees that Ahsoka is now up on the same platform that they are and is getting her ass handed to her. And she's also doing the math. She's realizing that when once she jumps up, uh, the chances of Ahsoka getting out as well is you know that essentially yeah and and stick together and stick together. So she turns her back from Ezra and begins to start fighting alongside Ahsoka. And yeah, which they they play this up as being like a we don't know if Sabine leaves or not. Right. And then once they're clear, Ezra said or Thrawn said gives the command to just blast the temple. Just destroy the temple, hopefully killing Sabine and Ahsoka along with it. Obviously, he's happy to sacrifice the already dead stormtroopers. Um, I, I kind of wonder, does that magic have a tether? Like, is there a, is there a, a signal range on that? For, for the stormtroopers? Yeah. Like once know. they make the jump, would they all just collapse back down anyways? I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And so Ahsoka and Sabine go running and seemingly jump <clears throat> off the cliff, but in a back to the future DeLorean on the rooftop kind of way. 
hop onto the top of the ship that Hu Yang has miraculously repaired in record time. In yeah. record good, time. Good for him. <laughs> I, good Lord, give this man a medal. Give him Chewie's yeah. medal. I mean, it oh, is Chewie didn't get one. And <laughs> he got a ship just behind the scenes. And so they hop in the ship and they go flying after. <laughs> they they put all in a very Iron Man way. They put everything they've got into the thrusters, yeah, so that they can. The references are just forget all the over shields. the place. <laughs> forget the shields. Hell with the shields. And so they go speeding after Thrawn, and Thrawn opens up a communication channel with Ahsoka and goes, ah, Ahsoka, blah, blah, blah. I knew your master. Victory is mine. I'm sorry you made the trip for nothing. And good hustle, but we're never going to meet each other because I'm leaving you here to die now. And they make the jump. They make the jump. And Ahsoka and Sabine are thrown a little bit off course. Little... Can we just pause on Thrawn's little monologue here? I did sure. really enjoy this. Sure. Like, because Thrawn is a Thrawn is a villain that Star Wars needs right now, right? Because for nine, I disagree, films, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Nine films. The villain has always been Palpatine. And Pal- don't get me wrong, Palpatine's a great villain. But Thrawn is the villain we need right now because he is like a gentle he's kind of he's he's a different villain than Palpatine and he's scary in different ways than Palpatine. Like Palpatine was kind of like comically villainous almost like power, more power kind of they're alive kind of villain, you know, where Thrawn is like cold calculating, but still a gentleman and, and he's eloquent and um, he, he's like, the the he he's tactical down to the milli, millimeter the millisecond like he he's just scary in those ways right like he's not afraid to sacrifice two tie fighters if it gives him five more minutes he's not afraid to sacrifice 20 stormtroopers to slow down the Jedi. Like he knows it's not going to stop them. He just needs time and he will do, he'll make little sacrifices knowing that it will ultimately let him win. And that's, that's pretty freaking scary. And this monologue kind of goes, talks about like, he kind of shows some of that. He's like, "Uh, I'm sorry. We weren't able to meet in person. Like, and like, Everything he's saying here, he's not being facetious or trying to rub it in her face. He's kind of like, he means what he's saying. He wished he would have met her and been able to kind of get to know her a little bit more personally. Because the way he wins battles is by knowing his opponent. And he would have, so he would have liked to get to know her better. Um, And he calls her like a Ronin and. And maybe this is where you belong because the galaxy you come from is 
there's no place for you. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a great little monologue, I think, to kind of showcase who Thrawn is, which is the sad part because Thrawn is such a great character. We got so little of him here and this whole season just seemed to be a setup for something in the future. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Um. Anyway, you were at their they escape. <laughs> yeah, they get thrown off course, and kind of have a well shit, and we see them head back to the turtle people who are very excited to see them, and they kind of get a little bit of a kick out of that as well, and I guess they just live with turtle people now, <laughs> and. Yeah. Till the Star Wars and, come back to take them home. Yeah, <laughs> and you you do get your little, you get your owl. Yeah, this was yeah took took a whole season. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So this the the oh shoot, what is it called? Not Mugwai. Mugwai is um, from Gremlins. Gremlins. Um, Morai. I think it's Morai. The Morai owl. And maybe this this is like a good place for it to show up because it it always shows up where where as, as kind of a confirmation to let Ahsoka know she's where she needs to be or to let somebody else know that Ahsoka should be here or like when Ezra is in the world between worlds and rebels, he sees the Morai standing over a gate. He sees us. And in the gate, he sees Ahsoka fighting Darth Vader and he, he rescues Ahsoka. So the, the Morai kind of tells, uh, tells him like Ahsoka's here and she needs you to do something. So mm. Ahsoka seeing it here is maybe kind of confirmation that, you know, like you're where you need to be right now. Yeah. So kind of cool. Yeah. I still think it should have been seen earlier <laughs> as yeah. kind of a as a um a setup for a payoff for this payoff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Then we see we see Shin. Shin has shown up. She's like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm craving power, and power is my only goal. And I can't have power if I don't have people to boss around. And so she's going to go be the leader of the bandits, or at least that's her plan." We see Balin. Balin is standing adjacent, looking across to some giant Lord of the Rings statues. There's your Lord of the Rings thing again. This um, actually, these are. Uh, this is the father and the son, and the 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 head of the daughter is missing. No, it's the Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> it's and they look yeah, but I know the, it's from yeah, it's from yeah, that ep- it's like three episode it kind of, story arc. Yeah, it um, it's telling as to as to kind of potentially what what he's longing for. Well, it's important because it's the only him. resolution that we get for Balin. Yeah. Know? Um. Then we see uh, Ezra arrive in his ship. We did somehow he's escaped and stolen a craft. We skip over all of that because to hell with the fans and to hell with congruent storytelling. He's just all of a sudden he's on Hera's ship and 
The moron. Okay. Obviously, you put on a stormtrooper outfit in order to escape the Star Destroyer. Yeah. Great. Why walk off this shuttle on this ship still in stormtrooper gear, you moron? Because tension. Because <laughs> tension. Everyone gets their guns out, and much to Ezra's luck, nobody blasts him in the face. <laughs> Yeah, and nobody's Chopper- got an itchy trigger finger, especially after the the last time a random shuttle landed on a ship, two Jedi slaughtered everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chopper goes over, goes, hang on, you're no, aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? My sensor and, readings know exactly who you are. <laughs> yeah, and Ezra takes off his helmet and Hera goes, Ezra? And Ezra says, I'm home. I left our other two friends in another galaxy and they're going to die, but I'm home. And yeah. so it's a whatever, good moment for them. We cut back to Sabine and Ahsoka who are with the turtle people and Sabine senses something. She's staring off into the distance. She senses something, but she's kind of like, Ahsoka's ah. first standing off to the distance. She approaches Yes, Ahsoka. and Sabine walks up and and... Obviously, it looks like Ahsoka's looking at something. We just don't know what it is. Sabine doesn't know what it is, but Sabine senses there's something there and then doubts herself and goes, ah, nothing. And we cut back to Ahsoka, and now we're able to see what it is that Ahsoka could see, which is the Force Ghost, the actual first time we've seen Force Ghost Anakin Skywalker in his long hair, how he would have appeared at the end of Return of the Jedi. And they kind of smile and he kind of smiles and the credits roll. Now, listen, here's the reason why I don't think that Thrawn is the villain we need right now. And it's the same reason that I am done with Star Wars that takes place between the beginning of Phantom Menace and the end of Rise of Skywalker. I'm done. I mean, I'm going to keep watching it because it's Star Wars. We've got to review it. We've got to what it is Star Wars. But I'm emotionally no longer invested. I'm not excited. I want this to either pick the new ray movie let's just move forward or give me like the old like the origins of the force like go so far back in time go old type republic. Of old go republic super old. or post and here's the trilogies. reason here's the reason because obviously this whole big thing is setting up thrawn for the film thrawn's going to be the big villain of the film that culminates all of the mandalorian stuff but because this is happening in a time period between films, either A, Thrawn as a threat can't become all that big, or it's going to become 
very big, in which case it just creates this weird kind of continuity thing, because why is Thrawn's return and the ramifications of Thrawn's return never mentioned once in the sequel trilogy? Well, the answer is because when they wrote the sequel trilogy, they didn't know this is what they were going to do, it wasn't, the plans weren't there, the script, you know, the whatever, and I get that. But then from a story congruent, making it make sense, making it be believable, Right. I look, I wouldn't put any money on this, but I do think that there is a chance, a very reasonable chance, that all this is going to come, that ultimately, obviously, they're going to defeat Thrawn. But that something that Thrawn does, I think it's very possible that the final moments of that film, you see that because of Thrawn's actions, we see the birth, the rise, of this new sect called the First Order. Oh, absolutely. Like all of all of what's happening here with Thrawn and it's just setting the it up. Mandalorian, it's all of it is all it all it's doing is explaining the rise of the First Order and the return of Palpatine. Yeah. That's it. That's and so for. the fact Which, that as a as a counterpoint it, like this is this is what the the uh, the prequel trilogy is essentially did. No, for sure, but it right, also like, wasn't like. But they didn't introduce like it, it was okay in the original trilogy that we never hear mention of Darth Maul because Darth Maul's not relevant. Darth Maul didn't do anything that it really impacts the original trilogy. Same with Dooku. Doesn't matter. Right, right. We get a reference to the Clone Wars, but it doesn't doesn't matter. Someone like it's done, it's over. It doesn't matter. But Thrawn returning, and if Thrawn is the one who, like, if once Thrawn is back in our galaxy, he forms his group. You know, he's like, ah, oh, well, the Empire is basically destroyed. It's done. It's over. It's whatever. Um, so we're going to have a a like. If Thrawn is the one that names it the First Order. If that's his, it starts out as like a battalion of his. Then the fact that in the sequel trilogy, there's no mention of the big threat that happened with Thrawn. There's no mention of Thrawn being the one that led to the First Order. There's no mention of, you know, just at one point someone says like, you know, things haven't been the same since, you know, we lost all hope of our new republic when thrawn returned blah 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 like i get why it's not there because it couldn't have been because they didn't know but this is the problem with telling stories and introducing massive threats and big events in the middle of a timeline that already exists just move Mm. forward move forward tell new stories or go so far back that it is so far disconnected from what we know that it doesn't matter anymore uh i I that's just my personal that's why i'm done that's fine and that's fine yeah so and i would my biggest disagreement here is because the the original trilogy the only thing about the sequels that you hear about is that is, is that short very brief conversation that Obi-Wan has with Luke about his father. Oh, yeah. we served together in the Clone Wars. 
and then in the next episode, oh, he he was he was the Anakin and Darth Vader was your father. No, sorry, that would have been Return of the Jedi. You know, like he was your father. And I told from a certain point of view, I didn't lie to you, right? Um, very brief lines, which at the time meant nothing, and then but uh, with the Clone Wars reference anyway, but then during the sequel trilogy, they took that and they decided the Clone Wars will be the main story for the second episode that drives the story forward. It will be the main thing, the main uh, problem. Um, well, and even that wasn't till the very end, right? Like in terms of the Clone Wars, it, it, it really wasn't part of the film, right? It wasn't till the, the, the end of the third act that, that the clones were even in action, right? So where are you going with this? My, my point is Thrawn can be a massive threat to the galaxy. And then in the sequel Disney trilogy, they don't have to mention him. Because that threat is done. It's not the current problem. The, the story is not about Thrawn. The story is about the current problem. They don't have to talk about what happened in the past. No, but if the, the same first order and everything they're fighting and the fact that Palpatine's able to return, if, if all of that is as a result of Thrawn then it is connected. Either way, it's even, if, even if he's around. a big threat. If Thrawn, even, is, if Thrawn is dead or removed from the galaxy again, whatever, however, whatever that looks like, then it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Even because if it's a big, he, if he starts the first well. order, if he starts the first order and then he's killed by someone, right? Let's say him and Ezra kill each other in a final duel, right? Well, he's no longer a threat. We don't even, we don't have to talk about him. And how Which we started the no, first I order. Agree. The first order is still there and a problem. I agree. And, but and even even gotta, in the sequel trilogy, the first order is isn't considered a threat yet. In the first movie, like Leia has to create the resistance because the because of the bureaucracy of of the New Republic, right. Right, the, Listen, the New Republic uh, is doing fine. There's the Ru New Republic way. isn't having problems. It's just a bureaucratic mess. And Leia, knowing that there are threats out there that the for, that the New Republic isn't handling, has to create the resistance to fight them. Because either the, way, the New Republic even, doesn't see them as threats. Even if it's a big threat and they do it well and that all makes sense, at the end of the day, it's it'll be a big threat with minimal stakes. Because we already know what, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. We so, already know where the state of the galaxy is going to be end up. We <laughs> already know. And so that's just why I'm like, yeah. if you're so, going to do prequel stuff or stuff that happens in the middle, then I don't do stuff that happens in the middle. If you're going to do prequel stuff, go way the hell back. Way the hell back. Right? The, then why the, the original the, trilogy, though? The original trilogy is still great, even though you know where it's going. Because it's not about where it's going. It's about the journey, how it gets there. Yeah. Anyways, we got to wrap this up. So, Carl, was this episode a winner or a fail for you? 
Uh, this episode's a bit of a meh. <laughs> I was expecting more closure on some storylines. I was, ex- I think I was expecting Thrawn to escape. So that, that wasn't a bit of a, that wasn't a letdown, but I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm left hanging. Um, and more than I should have. So, but there were a lot of kind of fun moments that kind of helped push the, the episode forward overall. Yeah. I'm kind of on the fence on this episode as a series as a whole. Yeah. Scale scale of zero to 10 scale of zero to 10 Ahsoka season one as a whole. Uh, I'd probably say 6.5, maybe seven. It just felt like too much setup and not enough momentum, forward momentum. Right. On its own. Like, yeah. Like we, we should have spent less time. Like the first, the first three episodes probably could have been boiled down into maybe one episode or two episodes. We could have spent more time with, uh, Balin trying to figure out learning about his motives and goals. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about you? Uh, episode was a fail. And the series as a whole, I gave a 4.5 because it's a series about nothing. <laughs> it's a series about nothing. nothing. It's a series about Ahsoka coming to terms with her master being Darth Vader. <laughs> I guess. And a bunch of other stuff trickled in between. Uh, just and a bunch of other setup for future projects. <laughs> major letdown, major letdown based on the first couple episodes and the hype that I felt. So. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all listed below. Check out our Patreon page, where as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show and get some fun perks in return. And we have a merch page. There are products you can buy, like hats. Do we, we don't even have a toque, do we? Is there a toque? There is. And There's until next time. Cold weather is coming. Get yourself a toque. <laughs> Get a toque. A toque or a beanie, a scully, depending on where, you, you know. Yeah. 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 That way when you rob a bank, you, look you, good at, least, doing it. you at least look good doing it. <laughs> <laughs>